Zechariah chapter 1. Thank you so much for coming today's reading for December 21st, 365 Bible Devotion using the one-year Bible, New Living Testament. Please get your copy. They got a lot of copies, a lot of different variations. We have the Recovery Bible. The one-year study Bible is the one I'm using and concurrent with the uh, Recovery Bible, which is the Life Recovery Bible. So please patronage to these individuals and get your copy. It's an amazing, amazing Bible. I really love the translation. You've done a great job. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today's reading. Thank you for your word. That hits it out of the park, Lord, for us. Lord, we enjoy it. We love it. We're very grateful for it. And give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. The reading of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah prophesied during the time of Ezra after God had freed his people from exile in Babylon. God's goal through Zechariah's prophecy was to motivate Zerubbabel and the people to finish rebuilding the temple so that Israel worship could be reestablished. Ezra 5. Why so that Israel could have a right relationship with God again? This could only be accomplished through the temple and its sacrifices. Reconstruction had been halted to nearly 10 years, so Zechariah encouraged the people with his prophecies. In these first visions, God reminds his people that he freed them from their exile and brought them back to the land he promised to them. He was even destroying the nations that had oppressed them. We are not so different from the people returning from exile. God has freed us from slavery to sin. He is restoring our lives, but we must be active participants. We must rebuild the temple for God in our hearts and lives. We do this by listening to God's word, reading it, and obeying God's spirit. Don't stop in the middle of reconstruction. We can delay for years. God is anxious to continue his work in you, Philippians 1.6. Continue building space for God into your life. We continue to build space in life for our lives in Jesus' name. All right, Zechariah chapter 1. In November of the second year of King Darius' reign, the Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, says, say to the people, This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Heaven armies, don't... Be like your ancestors who would not listen or pay attention when earlier prophets said to them, This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices. Where are your ancestors now? They and the prophets are long dead. But everything I said through my servants, the prophets, happened to your ancestors. Just as I said, as a result, they repented and said, we have received what we deserve from the Lord of Heaven's armies. He has done what He said He would do. 
Three months later, on February 15th, the Lord sent another message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berachiah, the end grandson of Edo. In a vision, during the night, I saw a man sitting in a red horse that was standing among some myrtle trees in a small valley. Behind him were riders on red, brown, and white horses. I asked the angel who was talking with me, My Lord, what do these horses mean? I will show you, the angel replied. The rider standing among the myrtle trees then explained, They are the ones the Lord has sent out to patrol the earth. Then the other riders reported to the angel of the Lord, who was standing among the myrtle trees, We have been patrolling the earth, and the whole earth is at peace. Upon hearing this, the angel of the Lord prayed this prayer, O Lord of heaven's armies, for 70 years now you have been angry with Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. How long until you again show mercy to them? And the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel said to me, Shout this message to all to hear. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong, but I am very angry with the other nations that are now enjoying peace and security. I was only a little angry with my people, but the nations inflicted harm on them far beyond my intentions. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. The towns of Israel will again overflow with prosperity and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. Then I looked up and saw four animal horns. What are these? I asked the angel who was talking to me. He replied, these horns represent the nations that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four blacksmiths. What are these men coming to do? I asked. The angel replied, these four horns, these nations scatter and humble Judah. Now these blacksmiths have come to terrify those nations and throw them down and destroy them. Wow. A note, commentary from the Recovery Bible. At times it seems intolerable, especially for those of us who have been victims most of our lives. Though we may finally escape an abusive relationship or a dysfunctional home, we are not automatically freed from the emotional grasp of the past. As a result, we feel that people are hostile or that they do not care about us. Eventually, immobilizing despair sets in. Motivation and enthusiasm for life, for life are gone. We become emotionally crippled. That was probably what it was like for God's people in Judah. 
because of the repeated sins of their ancestors. Their families had been displaced from Palestine to Assyria and Babylon. Seventy years later, at the decree of Cyrus, a remnant of Jews returned to Jerusalem. Under the leadership of Zerubbabel, their first goal was to rebuild the house of God, but their initial enthusiasm was damaged by opposition from local residents. That work of rebuilding the temple soon stopped. To counter this hopelessness, God appointed the elderly Haggai and the young Zechariah to prophesy, encouraging the returned exiles to rebuild God's temple in Jerusalem. Zechariah, whose name means the Lord remembers, reminded the Jews that God had not forgotten them. Rather, he had certain and dynamic plan for their restoration. Hope for the future can provide great encouragement for the present. The promise of deliverance makes it possible to be renewed and to continue in the process of recovery. This book is a fascinating study of how God, through his prophets, led his hurting people from hopelessness to commitment through self-examination and transformation to a deepening spiritual perception. It's an account of rebuilding and recovery. This is an account for rebuilding and recovery. The bottom line, to encourage God's people to complete the task of rebuilding God's temple, their society, and their lives. Disappointment leads to despair. When faced with disappointments, we have a choice. We can nurture our negative feelings or we can confront them and find solutions for them. The people of God choose to hold on to their disappointment. This led to despair. To avoid despair, we must give our disappointments to God and comfort those aspects of them that we can change. As we take small steps towards recovery, we will find that our feelings of despair will pass. But we cannot just wait for healing. We need to become actively involved in God's recovery program. Hope and encourage us today. Zechariah's vision of the future gave hope to the people and helped them face the tasks of their present. The hope that we have of God's final healing can encourage us to endure the pain that is involved in recovery today. We won't always feel so hurt and confused if we follow God's will for, our, for us in faith. We will experience God's healing in our lives and discover the joy that only He can give. Recovery involves the heart. Zechariah told the people that God did not care about their fasts and religious observances. He cared about the attitude of their hearts. Spiritual recovery involves the attitude of our hearts. It is not just a matter of doing and staying the right things. Only as our minds and hearts are changed, only as our minds and hearts are changed by God does true deliverance occur. As our hearts are transformed, our attitudes and actions will also be transformed. If you go through the motions of recovery without ever changing on the outside, our recovery will never last. 
We need to be changed from the inside out, just as this was true for the people of Jerusalem in Zechariah's day. It is true for us today. The prophet Zechariah begins his message by confronting the Jews with their sins. These people had recently returned from Babylon exile, so Zechariah reminded them that God will deal with their sins just as he had punished their ancestors. With the captivity they had recently escaped, it is never safe to ignore a call to turn back to God. Hearing demands heeding. God's promises of future comfort, victory, and deliverance must not lead us to false sense of security. Neglect spiritual opportunities are not our lost opportunities. The vision of the four horns, the horn is a symbol of power, and the four blacksmiths was a vision of reflection. It pointed to the four world empires that oppressed Israel, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Media Persia. The four blacksmiths represent the nation God used to defeat Israel's enemies. God dejected God's dejected people can find courage and hope in the fact that he will eventually overthrow the oppressive powers that dominate them. Amen and amen. All right, and now, that was the first chapter of Zechariah. And Zechariah, we have for the next couple of days, uh, quite a bit of chapters than what we're used to. Uh, wow. Gotten used to the small chapters. Chapter 14. So we'll be in Zechariah for a while. All the commentaries we're talking about. All those other chapters. So we'll play catch up. We may have to read the, some of the commentaries again. All right, let's move right on to the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, we have much more happens at Christ's birth, death, and resurrection than most people realize. A war was underway between the forces of good and evil. The woman represents God's faithful people who were waiting for the Messiah. The crown of 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of Israel. The nation gave birth to the Messiah. The nation then gave birth to the Messiah. The birth of Christ and Satan's opposition to it are graphically depicted here. Depicted. Jesus the Messiah was born into this world to implement God's plan for its restoration. Satan had planted sin into God's good creation by tempting Adam and Eve. Since Jesus was born to reverse the effects of that sin, Satan did all he could to destroy the infant Savior. Thankfully, Satan failed and the future ruler of the world completed his earthly mission. As much as Satan tries to thwart God's plan for the world's recovery, he will not be able to. Our personal recovery is an important part of God's plan for Cosmic recovery. If we entrust our lives to God and obey Him, He will certainly complete the task of recovery in us. Amen. And now for the reading of chapter 12 of Revelation. 
Then I, John, witness in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of twelve stairs on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his head. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod, and her child was snatched away from the dragon and uh, and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of Christ, for the accuser of our brethren and sister, has been thrown down to earth, the one who accused them before our God day and night. And they had defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and you and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was giving two wings like a dove, like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There, there she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time and time and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from its mouth, but the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing up the river that gushed out from her mouth. And the dragon was angry at the women and declared war against the rest of her children. All who kept soil, all who kept God's commandment and maintained their testimony for Jesus. Amen. The word of the Lord. We ask God for protection from harm, resolve to trust in the Lord's help. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We pray the Jabez prayer. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, Lord, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be upon me and us, and that you would keep us from evil, that it may not harm us. Amen. 
Now the reading of Psalm 140. O Lord, rescue me from evil people. Protect me from those who are violent. Those who pilot those who plot evil in their hearts and stir up trouble all day long. Their strong their tongues sting like a snake. The venom of vipers drips from their lips. O Lord, keep me out of the hand of the wicked. Protect me from those who are violent, for they are plotting against me. The proud have set a trap to catch me. They have stretched out a net, and that they have placed traps all around the way. I said to the Lord, You are my God. Listen, O Lord, for my cries for mercy. O sovereign Lord, the strong one will rescue me. O sovereign Lord, the strong one who rescues me, you protected me on the day of battle. Lord, do not let evil people Lord, do not let evil people have their way. Do not let their evil schemes succeed or they will become proud. Let my enemies be destroyed by the very evil they have planned for me. Let burning coals fall down on their heads. Let them be thrown into the fire or into watery pits from which they can't escape. Don't let liars protect prosper here in our land cause great destruction to our fellow violence. I don't know, but I don't know the Lord will help those that they persecute. He will give justice for the poor. Surely the righteous people are praising your name. The godly will live in your presence. Amen. Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instruction will be plucked out by ravens in the valley of the valley and eaten by vultures. Amen and man. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, family, for coming in today and bearing with me. Thank you for the reading of the book of Zechariah and the key verses that we found in here. Amen. They are truly a blessing. In Jesus' name.